Hello, lovers. Welcome to the Nutrition Nuptials podcast. A few announcements before we jump into today's show. First and foremost, if you get a chance and have already binge, wa- binge watched, binge listened, we binge listened, binge listened to uh, all of our episodes, head on over to check out my colleague, Mary Purdy. She has Mary's Nutrition Show. And I had the opportunity to be on her February 3rd show chatting about one of my favorite topics, which is yoga and meditation. So I'm talking about the Busy Person's Guide to Yoga and Meditation over on Mary's Nutrition Show. All right. And unfortunately, that is taco free. (laughs) Well, I mean, you know, maybe it's a good palate cleanser. I I didn't know that uh, you needed palate cleansing. I, I'm not saying that I do need it or that anybody needs it from me, but I'm just suggesting that if you want just the Mandy Solo act, sort of, because you are talking to somebody else, it's just not me, um, to head on over there and check you out. But the good news is uh, you will get to hear Taco. So we actually had Mary and her husband, Keith, on the show, and we will be airing their episode in late March. So stay tuned for that. Cool. On with the show. <laughs> and on with the show. If you are a bride-to-be or a couple, and you're looking to get on track with your health and wellness, nutrition, you can head on over to nutritionnuptials.com slash starter guide and grab your bride and couple starter guide, five days of meal plans, fitness, and self-care to help you get started with your health and wellness well-being. All right. And finally, we are always on the lookout for couples who want to be part of the nutrition nuptials world and share how you have come together as a couple. We would love to share you and your significant other on our social media, Instagram, the blog, and maybe even be guests on the show. So hit us up at podcast at nutritionnuptials.com. Send us an email, tell us your story and- um, Come hang out with Taco and me. That's the best part. And with that, let's get on with the show. Hear the music. It's the Nutrition Nuptials Podcast with Taco and Mandy, where we're helping couples learn how to live their happily, healthfully ever after. Hello and welcome to Nutrition Nuptials Podcast, where we help couples go from a me to a we. I am your host, Mandy Enright, a registered dietitian who hates diets, and I am joined by my favorite Valentine of all time, Taco. What's up? So what's funny is we're actually recording this pre-Valentine's Day. Yeah. And if you guys haven't heard the like very first ever mm. episode of the Nutrition Nuptials podcast all the way from back in the day, like a year, a ago, year ago, you can hear our Valentine's Day episode where Taco and I talk about the fact that we're not like a traditional Valentine's Day type of couple. Right. We talked about a lot of other things too, like crazy wedding diets or something like that. Well, that wasn't part of the Valentine's Day episode. No, never mind. But that was around that same time. Okay. Back in the baby days of the podcast. Yeah, when we were just getting When we were just kids. We've grown up so much in the podcasting world since then. I know. We're like podcast baby stars growing up in the public eye. Now we both have our own mics. I know. We've we've grown up and evolved over time. Although it's a little weird because for a while just now, I was only seeing one eye behind your, uh, yeah. I could only see one eye and it's hard to have a conversation with somebody who's basically hiding behind a mic. It's like talking to a pirate. Uh, I don't know. A pirate, you'd at least have, no, like, the, uh, stop it. Okay. Come listen to how we've evolved. And we talked a lot about the fact that we're not really into the whole Valentine's Day shenanigans, which means it's a couple of days before Valentine's Day and we have no idea what we're doing. I've been told that there will be a lovely dinner to be cooked. By you. By me. <laughs> I thought we agreed. We weren't going out. We were staying in and you were doing the cooking and I was on board with that. I am. So uh, check us out over in the VIP page over on Facebook and you can find out the big reveal of what romantic meal I have made for taco for Valentine's Day. And if you're looking for that, that's the Nutrition Nuptials VIP podcast after party over on Facebook. So check it on out. So today on the show, we are going to be chatting about a little vow that we tend to say in our marriage or, mar- or a little line, I should say, that we talk about in our marriage vows. And that is the whole in sickness and in health line. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what the thought process was, whoever wrote those vows like back in the day, what sickness actually meant. And we know that there can be varying degrees of illness and wellness in a relationship. But we're going to talk about some of the more common things that can come. And, and right now we're in mid-February and this is the time when a lot of our cold and flu season has like hit hardcore. Yeah. 
For sure. People are dropping like flies all over the place. Yeah, it's, it's, it's bad. It's bad. So we're going to talk a little bit about some of our own regiments that we have developed over the years from growing up and how you can help to prevent your own illness and wellness in your own home as well as elsewhere, and then get to the good stuff, the food of how you can nourish yourself to either maybe help prevent or speed up the recovery process a little bit. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Taco, when you were sick as a kid, did your mom have like a protocol when you or anyone else in your family got sick to take care of them? I was thinking about this earlier, and I think that's this is a hard question for me to answer because when I was a kid, I was sick a lot. Like I had, I had all kinds of stuff and it was partially due to my compromised immune system at that time. But like I had chronic ear infections, I had asthma and allergies. And I mean, you name it. If you were to look at my attendance record from school, I would probably have been out, you know, three different times for at least three days in a row. Most of the first four or five years of school through like fourth, fifth grade, something like that. So like, I was sick pretty often, but it, it was a lot of different things at different times, right? So it wasn't always just a upper respiratory thing or something like that. I mean, things that I remember are like having the Vicks Vapor Rub rubbed on my chest. I think there was even a version where the Vicks Vapor Rub was put into like a boiling pot of water at, yeah, to release the, the vapors. And I would stand over uh, or lean over the, um, the steamy water you have to have like a towel, a towel over, over your head? my head, yeah, to clear things up. I w- I don't know if this was just a, another common thing we have. I was definitely like a sickly kid too as well. I had the asthma and I feel like that triggered a lot of things growing up. So like my mom had like her regimen. If I wasn't feeling well, like she had everything down. So first of all, if I wasn't feeling well, like she would start coming up and get the the ginger ale and come up with all the, the crackers and... Uh, bullion cubes. This is why there's a million bullion cubes in our house now, because that's what I grew up on as a kid. My mom would always constantly bullion cubes and bring the hot broth up and drinking that. And now that has come with me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, the Gatorade, the saltines, the bullion cubes are all things that I've had to run to the store and buy, no matter what illness it is that you have. Yeah, that that's what we were brought up on. I, I remember as a kid, I had pneumonia and the doctor told my mom that I needed to be hydrated and Gatorade was like the thing. And I, I hated Gatorade when my mom first tried to give it to me. I thought it was terrible. And then I guess it's one of those things that you just get used to because it was basically the only thing she was giving me. So I kind of had to suck it up and mm-hmm. suck it up. When I had pneumonia, I went to the hospital. I did too. And the doctor there. For three days. I went to the hospital too, babe. Okay. This is this is not a this is not a pneumonia pissing contest here. <laughs> no, I was just like, you're at home. I remember being in an oxygen tent. Okay. It wasn't that, ex- that extreme. Yeah. Okay. So Taco has me beat there on his level of pneumonia as you a child. It wasn't a contest. <laughs> well, then you break out oxygen tents and I'm like, okay, I guess I I've lost there. Yeah. There you go. So as you have grown up and you know, we talked about the fact that you lived on your own, how did you go about treating yourself anytime you got sick? Okay. So I think my regimen probably was more rooted in the medications that I knew worked for me from growing up, right? So like I said, I had asthma and, and it was it, it wasn't like a chronic, I mean, it was a chronic thing, but it wasn't like every day, every moment or anything like that. It comes and goes and it tended to be spurred on by two different kinds of events, either having a cold or being sick, or I also had what was called exercise-induced asthma as well. So I would just start running around and start wheezing for like no apparent reason other than the fact that I was running around. I do remember that there was a specific medication that I used to take. It was an oral medication that wasn't, it wasn't a spray. I wasn't an inhaler, right? And I had taken that for years. And then like as an adult, I go to the doctor for the first time and I'm like, I have like an asthma attack associated with, um, with having a cold. And uh, I go to the doctor and I'm like, hey, I used to take this thing. And he's like, man, that, I haven't heard that one in like 10, 15 years or something like you that. You dated yourself with the doctor. Yeah, Exactly. So then he gave me something that was more current and maybe put me, I didn't ever use an inhaler that I could, I don't think I ever in childhood, I wasn't an inhaler kid. Oh no, I, I had not only the inhaler, I had like an in-home nebulizer. That yeah, was another thing my okay. mom would like so bust out. I had you on oxygen tents. You have me on uh, nebulizers. Um, like it was so embarrassing that it went on vacation with us. Oof, yeah. Rough. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the first time I really used an inhaler at home was when I was an adult. 
but yeah, going back to like what, you know, I knew certain, I knew for allergies, nothing was better than Benadryl. And so like that's if when I, if I had something flare up, that's what I would go to. Although like Claritin was more of like the day-to-day thing, but it was like, if Claritin wasn't working for me, I went to the Benadryl and I got a little groggy as a result of that. But yeah, like it, those are some of the things it was basically sticking to the medications that I, I guess found had worked for me at that up to that point. That's how it kind of started. Now, when you were a kid and you felt like a little, like not so good as you go to your mom and like, I don't feel good. I shouldn't go to school today. Yeah. And maybe I even prompted it the night before. <laughs> you, you, like, you started planting that I'm seed early. Not feeling really up to this whole thing, but like the worst part was whatever the worst part. I always felt worse in the morning than I did at the night. I, that's just me generally as a human being, like getting up in the morning is hard and I never feel that great. You know, people, some people fall asleep and um, wake up and feel energized. I'm not like that. I, I get energized towards the end of my day. And so like when I would wake up and I wasn't feeling well, it was like, yeah, I'm not going to school. This is like not happening today. Now, how about as an adult, when you don't feel well, do you push through and try and, and get through work or are you kind of like, nope, I'm going to stay home today? It depends, I would say. So I have about 10 years ago, you remember I got the flu. We weren't living together at the time yet, but I got it bad. Like I, uh, to the point where I actually did power through and went to work. And like, I had coworkers look at me and go, dude, don't touch anything. We'll dial the phone for you. Like, don't touch that conference phone, the, the you know spaceship phone. They were like, in fact, you shouldn't even be here. You should probably go home. So like that was just based on how I looked. I hadn't, there was nothing actually happening other than just me sitting there in the chair. So like I basically took their advice and I went home. So that might be a little bit of an indication of what my tendency is to do is to power through those sorts of things. But like that was 10 years ago and my, my roles have changed. My, I'm fortunate that I have a pretty flexible work-life sort of thing going on. And I, I work in a role where a lot of the people that I talk to are around the world. And so I'm not necessarily, I don't have the type of role where I need to be in the office five days a week for eight, nine, 10 hours a day to meet with people face to face. So if I'm not feeling well, you know, maybe it's just, and you know what, I, I think it's a courtesy of your coworkers too. Just stay home. You know, if you don't have to be in the office and you can accomplish everything you need to do from home on a computer or conference calls and things like that. Like nobody wants to get sick from you, right? And like, if I, as I think about it, I'm like, as if I see other coworkers that are sick, I'm like, what? Dude, just go home. Yeah, and I think that's that's a great transition into talking a little bit about some of the preventiveness for not not getting sick. Um, you know, okay, I talk a lot. I do a lot of corporate wellness work, and you know, from my time when I worked in advertising, I for definitely one will say I was unfortunately one of those people who would power through. And unfortunately, a lot of my coworkers did the same thing we were not in quite as flexible of roles where it was encouraged to not be in the office or if you're not there, life can go on without you. It was things where we would push through and I would personally get to the point where it's like I I was down and out for me to have to call out of, of work sick to take that time off. And like you said, that's not helping at all because now you're just going to be diseased and infecting Everybody else around, not even just the coworkers. I commuted into Manhattan. So then I had to, I was on trains and buses and subways. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's a lot of germiness. Yeah, and nobody wants to be next to the person who's sneezing or coughing up a storm. Like, think about it. You're on a, a train, a plane. That's the worst. If somebody sits down next to me and starts sneezing or coughing, I'm like, I'm going to sick already. Like I can feel it. So like, you're not helping your fellow humans. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about what we can do to prevent spreading sickness out there into the world. And also to remember in your own home, how sometimes those rules may blur a little bit because you're, you're with your loved one. And sometimes, you know, maybe you're sharing the same bed together. I know when either Taco or I aren't feeling well, I'm just like, either I go and sleep in another room or you go sleep in another room. It's just out of courtesy to the other person or one of us kind of takes over the couch. Well, I do it. I, okay. So for the most part, I, I think I have a pretty strong immune system. I mean, like you, you can vouch for me. I don't get sick that often. No, you don't. And you can probably, you probably can't count even the number of times I've been sick in the last five years. Like it's been so few, right? So I have a pretty strong immune system. So I don't avoid you or anything like that. 
but I also don't need to sleep right next to you all night. So one of us should go to the other room. And I think, you know, when you're sick, anything that makes you feel comfortable is like, you should just do that. Right. And so if you're the sick person, then you can have the, you can have the main, you can have the, uh, our master bed, and, the big bed. Yeah. And I'll sleep in the other room. Like, I don't care. Um, and like, then that way I'm not spreading, you're not, I'm not getting your sickness, but I'll be there to take care of you and kiss you on the forehead and stuff. Cause my immune system is going to laugh at your germs anyway. I just don't need to push the, push my luck. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. So, you know, figuring out in your own home, uh, your, your level of tolerance, I think for, for that sick person around and how comfortable you feel being around them and kind of, uh, how much into the, into the bar- barricades or forest or whatever that you're willing to go to you posted something on facebook man and some people go crazy oh we're gonna get we're gonna get to that yeah we'll 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 get get to to that that. because that is some of that stuff was nuts yeah we'll get to that so stay tuned to hear a little bit about some other people's uh households and the um, crazy things that they do prevent the spread of whatever disease might be around their home yeah so in the in the outer world you know, the CDC recommends really three things you can do, what they call their take three actions for preventing the spreading of, of cold and flu. Uh, first, okay, so the first thing, and I know you don't do it, is getting the flu shot. That's correct. Have you ever gotten a flu shot? Uh, yeah, as a child. In my adult life, I haven't. Now, you could use that one example that I just gave you and said, see, that's because I got nailed by it. Like I literally after that didn't go into the office for like three days. No, you're out for like five days a week. I mean, like, uh, yeah, I mean, at least one of the two of those, I didn't even like, I didn't even conference call it in. <laughs> I was just like, nope, I'm out. But it, it, it did hit me pretty hard. But, you know, it's not something that I've done. It's not that I don't believe in it. I'm like, hey, give it to the kids and the elderly. I don't need it. I'll get by. I have a pretty strong immune system. I feel like I just, I've always gotten one. Sometimes it's been because in school, when I worked at a nursing home, you basically either had to get the flu shot or they made you wear a mask Mm -hmm. between like November and May. Nobody really wants to be doing. Right. Uh, Yeah. For school, we had to have one. And then other times, like, I'll just be somewhere. Like I was doing a health fair back in September and they were giving out flu shots. I was like, hey, can you just, you know, stick one in there? And they did. I think Maybe last year I may have gone sans flu shot and just, I don't think anything bad happened, but. Right. Well, it's, I think it's I that prevention for that one out of 10 times or whatever, however many, it's one out of 20 times that like you actually do get it. Having the flu shot probably is worth it for a lot of people. I don't think it's going to hurt anything. Yeah. Agreed. So getting the flu shot. Second thing is really about these preventative actions like we were talking about. What do you think is like the number one thing that people need to be doing? Wash your hands. Yes. Wash your hands. Wash your hands wash in your hot, hands. hot, soapy water. It's number one, it's number two, and it's number three. Wash your freaking hands. Yes, wash your hands, hot, soapy water, and sing happy birthday to yourself while you do it. Ah, okay. So you I should be washing for about 30 seconds. Got it. Okay. And even like they recommend like almost like up, up your forearms, not mm-hmm. just like, you know, the fingertips and the hands. So got it. Make sure you're doing that. Okay. Um, should you have to sneeze and you're in a public place, it's definitely recommended that you're using a tissue and you're covering both your nose as well as your mouth in the process. What about a handkerchief? So th- here's the thing with handkerchiefs is that your snot goes into this thing. And then where does the handkerchief go? I Yeah, I never really got that. But, but I just wanted to bring it up because that's just an old school thing too. Like if somebody like what would you do if somebody actually whipped out a handkerchief? I mean, if I was in a situation where I really needed, I would. But like, I feel that like blowing your nose into a handkerchief and then be like, thank you. (laughs) You mean that might help spread the germs? (laughs) I'm not a a, shoot, whatever they call the disease epidemiologist. Okay, but I think that's a bad idea. Yeah, yeah. Agreed. So keep keep tissues on hand. Um, If you don't have tissues on hand, do you know how like the way you're supposed to sneeze? I you go I sneeze into my elbow. Yeah, they they call that the vampire sneeze. <laughs> so, yeah, you you take your elbow and yeah. like you bury your nose into it and that's supposed to help to like muff it plus like right. not many people are probably touching your elbow. Right. Yeah. But again, go wash yeah. your yeah. elbow and sing happy birthday and Thanks. use hot soap Thanks, and water. Buddy who just sneezed in his hand and wants to go shake mine. Sneezing your elbow, dude. Yeah. So make sure that you're sneezing the elbows. And then if you do happen to be sick or be near other people who are sick, you might want to make sure to like clean and disinfect the areas. 
to yeah. keep those some of that safe. The, yeah those there was some of that craziness i saw on the facebook post that we'll get to in a little bit yeah so making sure that you are you know getting those the lysol pads out i even some of the things that we tend to forget about that we touch all the time like i know when i worked like it was like running an alcohol swab over my keyboard at work your cell phone your cell phone think about how many times you touch your cell phone in any given day. And what, well, it's more like what you touch before you touch your cell phone. Right. And after and and, then, and all around. Right. When I was in school, I, was, I took microbiology and we did these like samples and put them onto the, the culture and saw like basically what grew mm-hmm. out of it. So they had us do all kinds of things. Somebody took a swab from a dollar bill. Somebody took one from a toilet, but I think the toilet was just clean. So that one came out a little... <laughs> That one came out too clean. Uh, and then someone did a cell phone and like the, the cell phone one was just all this crap was growing all over the um, the agar that we had to spread the thing on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Also, so, dollar bill was pretty creepy as well. I can imagine. So clean and disinfect your space. And then finally, if you actually are diagnosed, let's say with the flu and you finally go to the doctor and they give you a prescription, make sure that you fill it and take it. So if you're not taking the antiviral, remember an antiviral is what's going to kill the flu. Antibiotics do not kill flu. Write that down, people. And one of the cool things that I have since been introduced to in the last year is uh, fortunately through our insurance plan, we have a teledoc service, Yep, which is brilliant and amazing. And I probably don't take advantage of it anywhere near as much as I should, but... I just stopped going to the doctor. I'm like, let me call this dude and tell him what's up and have him give me something I need. Yeah, like I would go to the the urgent care. And I, I'm a huge advocate for urgent cares. I think they're great, especially when you are in a situation where you're sick and you just need to go get checked out, make sure you're okay, or get yeah. medications. I think the urgent care is, system is, is fantastic. But then when something like the flu just like totally knocks you out and down and you don't want to go to the doctor... The teledoc option is awesome. Yeah. And they also have like a, a survey where uh, when after you are done using teledoc, they ask you like, oh, well, if, if you if it weren't for teledoc, what would you have done instead? And it's always urgent care. I would have gone to urgent care instead, right. which is a lot more money. Yeah, it's more money. And quite frankly, I would rather be sitting in bed. Yeah. I don't want to have to get in my car and drive. Now I got to disinfect my car. <laughs> Because I got into it and I drove and I touched my steering wheel. and Well, as long as it's your car, not mine, it's fine. I can't drive your car because it's stick shift. So you're safe. Yep. Look at you with your built-in uh, preventive. It's, yeah, it, 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 was, it works on a lot of different levels. So many levels. But yeah, I want to be in bed. And the cool thing is you just call up. They'll ask you, what are your symptoms? You can tell them. I know that there's some services too where you can have the option to do like a video FaceTime. Yes. So if you're not feeling well yeah. or you want them to like, like let's you say you have pink rash? eye. Right. Let's say you have pink eye or a funky rash. Yeah. They'll look at it and, or I don't know, maybe you can be like open up and say, ah, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what else. Like the only thing, like, I guess it would be helpful in those situations when you're like, hey, can you look at this? I saw a commercial uh, where uh, a couple was with a baby and they were like, oh, do you think this is getting worse? They're like, oh, let's video chat the the doctor. Yeah, that's probably like the exact uh, situation that you would find yourself in where having the video conferencing capability works. Other than that, though, I'm not really sure. Like, It's because they have to see something, right? But they have to do it without any instruments. It's just like, here look at this on my skin. So if that's an option that you have, I highly recommend taking advantage of it if you do ever need to get medications. The only downfall is I now have to look into a pharmacy that delivers because when they prescribe the medication, that's great. We have those around. But I have to get, yeah, we have to, I have to get on on board with one of those Yeah, for that. Um, So yeah, so those are some, some of the recommended ways that you can help to prevent spreading any sickness. Now, again, in your household, you want to make sure that you are, washing your hands, you know, maybe be mindful of, of how close in proximity you, you spend to be together. Um, I know as a kid, and I sometimes do this as well, like my mom, because we always kept our toothbrushes in like the same toothbrush holder. And my mom was like an advocate, like the second one of us got sick, like the toothbrush got quarantined, got put into its own little holder. Um, sometimes I do too. And honestly, most of the time after, if I'm getting sick or right after I've been sick, like that toothbrush is going in the trash. Yeah, that's probably a good idea. I highly recommend it. Even just making sure like everything just goes in the dishwasher. Don't share cups. 
don't share cups, dishwasher. And then also remembering too, like if you've been really sick, like washing the sheets is a good practice to have as well. That needs to happen like immediately. Also, when I like, this might be a little gross factor, but when I do get sick, like sometimes I need to like sweat it out. That you're night. you're like a sweater. The, the fever, like the fever just won't break until I have a good sweat. And like, that's kind of gross. So like change the sheets. Yeah, you're, you're a sweater. So definitely want to make sure that you're doing that. Um, and I think some of that comes back to how we, some of the ways that we've learned over the years to take care of ourselves. Yeah. Like I know for me, like, like a hot shower can make a world of difference. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned like the whole Vicks VapoRub yeah. thing. I don't do that anymore, but it was cool when I was a kid. Yeah. Like, like sometimes else was doing it for me. Yeah. Like sometimes now I'll take a rosemary essential oil and put it in the bottom of the shower mm-hmm. so that when it comes, it, it helps to open up. So right. raspberry, um, I keep trying to say raspberry. I shouldn't say raspberry. Rosemary. Rosemary essential oil, oregano, eucalyptus, another really nice one you've taken like. Open up your sinuses. Open it all up. The essential oil diffusers go on all over the place with all kinds of. Yeah, it's a little crazy. Sense of things coming out. Some of them are to purify. Some of them are to help to be more antibacterial. Mm -hmm. All over. Yeah. Rubbing stuff on my belly, my chest. (laughs) Yeah, it gets a little, your your whole thing is like a little nuts, a little over the top for me. It's 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 a thing. But if it makes you feel better. Right. That's, and that's all that matters. And that's the thing. It makes you feel better. Did you ever have like a, a like a sick food that you would always have a lot? No, I think I mean, like the standard chicken soup, I can remember for sure. I know for a fact I am going I'm forgetting something now. And like, I'm going to hear this podcast when we play it back. And I'm going to be like, oh, all these things that I used to eat. I can't think of anything right now. <laughs> all right. So. Let's talk about caring for the other person when they're down and out and sick. Mm -hmm. Nurse Taco is fantastic. Damn right. He's not for rent. He doesn't make house calls because I need him on call 24-7 should I get sick. Mm -hmm. But Nurse Taco is pretty fantastic. So as he alluded to, when I'm not feeling well and we're out of like my, my sick needs, which as he mentioned, are usually like Gatorade and ginger ale. And like saltines, saltines or, or oyster crackers and bouillon. and bouillon, like taco has got me covered. It's got my back. Mm-hmm. And I think knowing what the other person needs in their time of sickness is really important because you want to be able to take care of them. Right. And be on top of that. As taco, taco doesn't get sick very often. So I don't I, even know if you know what my needs are. I don't. Than, other than leave me alone. Pretty much. I just want to be by myself. Yeah. Like all I know is I'll, you're, I'll you're going to sweat a lot. <laughs> I'll reemerge every once in a while and get myself a glass of water or something like that. Uh, or And maybe I'll have a request, but it might be whatever I feel at that point in time. It's not like, I don't know that I have the staples the way you do. I have my, my, my own preventative regimen sort of things. But then like beyond that, I don't, like, I can't say that I have my, st- my standard go-tos of like, this is what I need to eat. This is what I need to drink when I get sick. So let's hear the, the taco preventive regimen. Yeah. So uh, as we've talked about a few times on this podcast, I do travel a lot and, and on long flights and things like that. And so <laughs> referenced, you know, sitting next to people with sneezing and coughing and things like that. So I have a few things that I've, I've tried. Uh, and I don't know if any of these things actually work, but I'm a huge believer in the placebo effect. So even if these things don't work, they just make me feel better and feel like I'm actually doing something. If you believe in it, yeah, it will come true. Right. Well, to some extent, yeah. Like maybe it is mind over matter. So then I don't care, right? So like, you know, there's those uh, dietary supplements that are heavily loaded with vitamin C and B vitamins and things like that. So usually before I even get on a plane, I'll find a bottle of water somewhere and, and plop one of those dissolvable tablets in and, and drink that bottle down. Uh, I might even do one in, on, I've been on some really long flights, so like 15 hour flights. So I might even do it in the middle of a flight too, right. Uh, on, on something like that. If you're like, if I'm serious about like, there's stuff going on around me, I want to make sure that I'm taking care as much care of myself as possible. I do actually bring, and I'm not a germaphobe at all. I am not a germaphobe, but I do bring wet ones, wet, wet wipes with me. Um, yeah. You're obsessed with that. But you but will like, knock on the plane without taking, making sure they're packed. Yeah. I, I mean, I carry them in a bag that I bring with me everywhere. So it's, I don't really ever have to worry about, am I bringing them or not? They're just kind of with me as are my supplements and things like that. So like, you know, wiping things down that people touch a lot. 
might be a good idea. Like, hey, have you ever thought about like the video screen on a plane and how many people with their after sneezing and coughing into their hands have touched that thing and now you're touching it? You might want to give that a wipe down uh, or the belt buckle on the seatbelt, you know, some of those things. And you can uh, tell Taco has spent a lot of time on planes because he is yeah. pointing out all the little nuances of right? things that people touch. Yeah. Oh, and I'll give you the uh, probably the grossest one. I've seen diapers sit on the the food trays. Ew. Yeah. So uh, don't. No. I've seen it. Don't do that. I've seen that. So uh, so just think those things never get cleaned. They never get cleaned. You, you, no, because people always flip them up. You flip them up, but then like like there's no process that the airlines run to for cleaning the trays on a you know any kind of regular basis that you can be comfortable with that is happening to keep you from from being sick. So that might be another thing that you might want to wipe down. So uh, Taco is dropping some serious knowledge right now in airline travel sickness prevention. Yeah, well, it's again, it's all the things that somebody who's sick is going to touch that you're going to touch next, right? So like. Just being cognizant. And I don't accredit the reason why, like, I don't get sick to all these different things. I just think my immune system has built up and also traveling a lot. I've been exposed to a lot of different things. So I imagine that I, one of the reasons why I have a really strong immune system is I'm constantly being exposed to being in a plane for 15 hours in one direction and, and doing some of these things. So like, I think that helps contribute, but you still want to avoid getting sick in the first place. Right? So it's interesting that you say that because they're actually saying now because of things like Purell, where yeah. there's, they're everywhere yeah. and everyone's constantly overcompensating yeah. for the germs that now, because we're not getting enough exposure exactly. to these viruses and bacteria right. that now we're not doing our, we're not doing ourselves any favors because we're not building up the right immunities. Exactly. Yeah. So there is, there's probably something to overdoing. And isn't it strange that the people who are most like, uh, anti germs and like have the crazy regimens of like, they're always sick. Oh, thank you. You just finished my sandwich. Yes. Like they're always sick. So like, isn't that strange? Yes. So uh, I don't go overboard with it. So like I said, the, the supplements before, wiping a few things down when you get on a plane and, and things like that. Most of my regimen has to do with getting onto a plane or being on a plane. Um, there is one thing ad additional. So zinc, there's like, it comes in a lot of different forms, like lozenges, there's nasal swabs and things like that. If I happen to start to feel like that little tickle, and every, it's probably different for everybody. Mine, it could be in the back of my throat or whatever it is. Once I feel that tickle, once I'm like, uh-oh, something's a little bit off, I will hit those zinc lozenges. And then uh, that's that's part of my regimen. You know, like the, the vitamin supplements, the zinc tabs, if I happen to feel something. And, and maybe these, again, maybe these things work. Maybe they don't. Maybe they're all placebo, but I don't care one way or the other because the fact of the matter is I don't get sick very often. All right, so here's the the dietitian response and the science response. As far as vitamin C goes, they are saying that the verdict is really still out and it's really leaning more towards vitamin C does not help in the prevention of what they call the common cold. Mm -hmm. Now, zinc, on the other hand, has definitely been shown more in the prevention of it. So you mentioned about some of the supplements. I know you're a big Zycam fan. Yes. So that is what you live, breathe, and dive uh, die by when it comes to any sort of, of sickness and, and yep. the Zycams. So we'll talk a little bit about some foods that are really high in zinc and even foods that are high in vitamin C. They're not going to hurt you, but they're not necessarily going to be your go-to yeah. either, but you but, still want to have them. But the, the supplements that you mentioned, like Airborne, I think they have a lot of B vitamins as well, right? Not they do. C. So doesn't that help for or that verdict is out on that too? Somewhat. Okay. So 50-50 on that. Well, yeah. That, but if you feel better, yeah, I mean, I that's better. what matters. Right. And it, you know, makes my water tasty. And if that helps too, and and you're hydrated you and you're drinking more water. Yeah, that's another travel tip that's related to sickness too. Um, another thing that I will do is I take a nasal spray onto the plane with me because the, the air is very dry. This, so this is actually uh, related to preventing sickness. If you have like a saline nasal spray, or if you don't have it, what will happen is your nasal passages will dry out and it, you're it's you are much more likely to actually get sick if you have dry nasal passages than if you are able to keep the moisture in them. So that's another way. Uh, I forgot about that, that. It's always in my bag. 
that's another preventative measure that I take is if I start to feel like, hey, my nose is drying out, I'll just a couple sprays of the nasal saline spray and I'm good to go. Yeah. So going along with that, as far as the preventative care goes. So in my regimen, I am very big on like the nasal saline rinses and washes. So either using there's like a squeeze bottle, uh, the sinus, it's like a sinus rinse or the neti pot where you're basically using salty water to help to clear out the nasal passages. And then usually you do follow it up with some kind of a, a saline spray that can help to open up your passages and and like you said, keep the moisture in. Sometimes if it's really dry, there's they do make some ointments and things that you can actually put mm-hmm. on the nasal passages as well to help to keep that open and yeah. breathing. You can also use some things like um, a little coconut oil can um, rubbed in as well to help. I'm like making this little gesture. I'm like, you just take the coconut oil and you, and you rub it onto your nostrils. Right. But overall, staying hydrated is also something that I try to do really well, particularly when traveling and being exposed to a lot of different things is I'm, uh, I'm making sure that I, I keep the water going. Yeah. So that's good. With that hydration, super important in both prevention as well as recovery, if you're actually yeah. do happen to get sick. So I want to look a little bit about kind of our three big wintertime sicknesses, which is our quote unquote common colds or more of like your congestion and sneezing and sinuses and coughing. Mm-hmm. There's bronchitis and then there's the big one, the flu. Mm-hmm. So your common cold, this is something where if you don't take care of it, it can eventually lead into the others, the bronchitis or the flu. So you want to make sure that you really are addressing those early on. So taking your zinc or mm-hmm. doing your your nasal flushes or anything else, taking some rest days to yourself mm-hmm. can make a huge difference. Rest overall is probably like the biggest thing that not a lot of people tend to do when they're sick because I think a lot of people try and fight through it. I mentioned, talked about work earlier where people fight through and they're not taking that time to to take care of themselves and if just the world relax. is going to end if I take a day off or if I can't do this and I can't do that. The company will crash without me. Or the family. No one will get no one will get to school. No one will no one will wear clothes. Right? Remember the Dr. Mom the Robitussin Dr. Mom yeah, commercials? Dr. Mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because mom mom does it all with that, um, which is, I think, a, a great transition into. So I went onto Facebook the other day. I knew you we were going to be doing this episode. So I wanted to get some some talking points out there. And I wanted to hear from other folks what it's like in their households. So I, I posted, I said, hey, if either you or your significant other gets sick in your house, like how does each person handle it? You know, one person said, hey, I'm always in mom mode. I make sure hydrated, medicated, fed make sure the rest of the house is good, make sure that he is taken care of. She did say, my husband sends basic needs to me in a basket tied to a pole from the hallway with his shirt pulled over his face so he avoids getting sick anytime that like she happens to be sick. I'd like to think that's a joke, but I don't think it is. Uh, let's see. We all get, we all rest a lot. Every, every time I have kick whatever fighting on a di- one to three days, they try not to use antibiotics. Our one friend says he locks his wife in the guest room and sets also sets off a Lysol bomb. So, okay. Yeah. I mean, that's one way to handle it, I guess. And then another person said, hey, if we've all been exposed at this point, our biggest thing is just keeping the daily life going. And if we're all going to get exposed anyway, then we all get exposed. I like that one. I'll, I'll take option C or D. Yeah. So when it comes to the flu... Biggest things is definitely rest, but then there's a lot of foods. And as I mentioned, a lot of these foods, whether it's the flu, you have sinus issues, congestion, a lot of these foods overall are found to help a lot with making us just feel better. All right. So what kind of foods? Okay. Uh, So foods for immunity. Number one, ideally, we like to go more towards the wholesome foods versus the processed foods or even some of the supplements. The supplements can definitely be like a big nice big dose sometimes if we need it, but we want to make sure we're eating the right foods as well. Um, Starting off first and foremost, protein. Whether you're healthy or sick, protein is definitely very important to make sure that we're having. It helps to build up our antibodies. That's what uh, protein, one of protein's many functions is, is helping to build up our antibodies, helping to build up our healthy cells. So we want to make sure we're getting enough of that. Um, And then uh, zinc, as Taco mentioned, is an important one as well. So we'll talk about some foods that are nice and high in zinc. All right. And yeah, even the uh, vitamin C foods as well. So some good things. Um, mushrooms actually are found to be very high in both zinc and vitamin D. 
So those are a nice food that we can be having. They have a carbohydrate called glucans, which have antiviral properties. Mushrooms do. Mushrooms. They have glucans. It's a, it's the, it's a carbohydrate that's found within mushrooms. Yeah. Gotcha. So those are those have some antiviral properties. Um, then we have uh, garlic, and not just garlic, but anything in that family. So that includes onions, shallots, chives. Those have been found to have a lot of, and garlic particularly, to have a lot of antibacterial, antifungal, and antiviral properties. And vampires don't like them either. Vampires don't like it. Onions are high, uh, can help to increase our white blood cell count. And they help to increase the activity of natural killer cells, which I just like saying, natural, natural killer, killer cells. cells. They'll also make you unkissable. Yeah. So the downside is they say in order to get the biggest benefits of garlic when it comes to immunity, oh, I know you have to have it raw. raw. Raw garlic and probably raw onions too. Raw in its form. Yeah. However, if you want to saute it with some mushrooms, go ahead and get the veggies anyway. But yeah, unfortunately, raw garlic is is more preferred. And you have to use raw garlic against vampires too anyway. So Right. So you should just have it. Yeah. So I have this one drink and taco. I've never even made it for you because I know that you'll think it's so gross and you would never touch it. But if I'm feeling really, really down and out, one of the things I'll make is I'll actually take like beet juice. There's a couple of companies, whether it's from the beets directly or I'll take like... um the, the beets that are already roasted and I'll throw like that. Uh, so some beets, a little bit of spinach, and then actually take raw garlic, um, ground ginger. And I feel like there's something else. Uh, maybe just water. Turmeric. Maybe turmeric. But, and I think just water. And I throw it into the blender and make this like juice concoction thing. Oh, cayenne pepper. Cayenne pepper. Cayenne pepper. So I throw it all in and make this like spicy-ish drink thing. And I, I feel better right. after it but i wouldn't i wouldn't right. like give it to anyone else i have zero interest in that drink because i didn't hear one single liquor in it and i bring that up because it's funny i there was one night i told you about this recently where i you know i had gone to work it was something that I, I you know i i'm falling victim now to uh doing the thing that i criticize other people for doing but like there was something important that i needed to go to and like i had to you know kind of wasn't feeling it wasn't like i was like definitely not the flu or anything like that, but I, I wasn't feeling a hundred percent and I knew it and I was trying to do my regimen thing and like all that. And, and that night I, I just went out to dinner because I think you were, do, you were doing something. So I went out to dinner and I'm sitting at this bar and they had, um, they had a drink that had some of the ingredients that you're talking about. It definitely had ginger in it. Raw it, garlic. It did not have raw garlic. It had turmeric. And I think it might've even had cayenne pepper in it, but it also had like bourbon. <laughs> And I think they served it warm. Yeah, they definitely served it warm. So it was kind of like it, like that was the perfect. So it sounds drink almost like a wheatgrass shot with oh no bourbon. There's no wheatgrass. Also, I said it sounds almost like a wheatgrass shot. So basically, substitute the wheatgrass with bourbon, and there you go. If that's all it takes, then that, I'm in for that drink. But like that drink was actually really good, and I don't know, maybe it made me feel a little bit better. Yeah, so here you go. Have your garlic. Well, how about drinking alcohol though? Is that is probably a bad thing? For that you. is not recommended because that does help to com- that does not that doesn't help. It compromises your immune system, so you're uh, not going to fight your infections quite effectively. Mm-hmm. So no, alcohol not so recommended. You, you can't kill the germs with alcohol. Not if you want to get better <laughs> and faster. All that's going to do is run you down more. Plus, it's going to dehydrate you, which we don't want mm-hmm. to be doing. Um, other foods, so kiwi. Actually, so we, we talked a little bit about the fact that like vitamin C and mass quantities maybe isn't going to ultimately prevent or cure the common cold, but, um, you know, it definitely does have its benefits. So vitamin C uh, from kiwi is probably one of the highest sources. Uh, we also recommend that you eat any fruits versus drinking them. So eating an orange versus drinking the orange juice. So that way you make sure that you're getting as many properties as possible versus juice, which is a lot of process. Plus, they're going to throw a lot of sugar into it, which isn't going to help to um, bounce back from our sickness quite as well. Uh, pumpkin seeds. Pumpkin seeds are very, very high in zinc, as well as other seeds like sunflower seeds, even sunflower butter. And nuts overall. So almonds and Brazil nuts are also really high in, in zinc. So stocking up on those guys. Uh, other ant- high antioxidant foods, in addition to our fruits that, like our citruses and our kiwis, berries. Mm-hmm. are great to have that uh, help to boost our immunity, particularly blueberries are found to be really high in antioxidants and helping to boost your immunity. 
greens. Get like your greens. So spinach and kale. Spinach. So we call that family the cruciferous vegetables. So those are like your cabbages, your broccolis, your cauliflowers, your Brussels sprouts, your kales. All of those they are really high in vitamins A, C, and E, which all have antioxidant properties. And they spell ace. And they spell ace. So you'll ace that cold. <laughs> well, you'll never forget what vitamins they have. Your cruciferous greens have ace. Yes. Yes. Like a taco breaking it down. down. I'm making it simple. All right. Along with that, we get plain yogurt, which is high in probiotics. So when we have a healthy gut system, that helps to increase our production of healthy cells. And um, so you can find that in any kind of fermented food. So yogurt is always one. Make sure it's plain yogurt, not like a sugary yogurt or something that's overly um, fruity. And does it have to be like, what's the what's the uh, popular yogurt now? Greek yogurt? Greek yogurt. Does that have to be Greek for Greek um, cows? I would definitely check to see what strains of probiotics are included in, in some of the yogurts that you have. Um, I mean, I think at this point, I mean, all yogurt is going to have probiotic in it. That's what makes it yogurt. So it doesn't necessarily have to be a Greek yogurt, but a Greek yogurt is going to be high in protein which is what we need to help us build up our healthy cells. Got it. As well as our antibodies. But you can eat regular yogurt if you can't stomach fruit yogurt. I mean, I'd rather you have some yogurt than no yogurt. Do it. All right. Yeah. Uh, other good source of fermented foods can include things like kombucha, kimchi, sauerkraut. Ooh, you brought up another thing. I like making drinks out of kombucha too. So A little booch hooch. Hooch with your booch. <laughs> So that's good in the preventive care. In the preventive world, yeah, booch and hooch drinks, go for it. Right. If you're not feeling so well, just go straight for the, the booch. Just the booch. Just Got the it. booch, yeah. Um, and I'm a big fan of if it's a kombucha and it does have like some spiciness to it, like a little cayenne or ginger mm-hmm. in it, that's usually the one that I'll go to if I'm not feeling quite so well. Also, honey, which has a lot of antibacterial properties. So a lot of times you'll see recommended to have either just a spoonful of honey or a mixture of honey with lemon juice. And that feels really good, if you, especially if you have like a really sore throat. That can help to coat the sore throat, mm-hmm. make you feel better there. Uh, you can also gargle. I've seen things like gargling with apple cider vinegar can help with sore throats. Uh, ginger, another one that helps to with antibacterial. So ginger is said to have properties similar to our non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs. Uh, like, okay, yeah. Like ibuprofen. Yep. okay. So they say that it has a lot of anti-inflammatory properties as well as serving as an antioxidant. Mm-hmm. So get your ginger. That's why ginger ale has always been one of those top things that were usually recommended and you're probably given as a kid to have. Does ginger ale really have ginger in it anymore? Or is it just probably not. Flavor? Probably ginger flavor. What about ginger beer? Ginger beer has ginger in it. You'll have to do a side-by-side comparison. For the record, because I know some people don't know this, ginger beer does not have alcohol in it. Yeah, I'll have to do a side-by-side comparison. And remember we had that, that ginger concentrate stuff? Yes, that, one that time? was the best. Next time one of us is sick, we'll have to do a comparison of ginger ale, ginger beer, and ginger, ginger concentrate. concentrate. Well, that's going to And then maybe some actual like ginger just for fun. <laughs> Make your own ginger drink with raw ginger. Yeah. Okay. So we'll add those all in. Um, and then finally, good old-fashioned water to keep us hydrated mm-hmm. with it. Check. If you are in a situation where you're really congested and clogged up, hot beverages are found, uh, especially they say to inhale the steam from any sort of a hot beverage because that can actually help to clear the nasal nasal passages and kind of help to get the mucus moving. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of mucus, because who doesn't want to talk about mucus? It's always fun. Mm, okay. uh, if you are in a situation, like let's say you have a really bad case of bronchitis and your airways are really clogged, especially with mucus, um, sometimes they do say you might want to step back from the dairy for a few days because mm-hmm. that can potentially stimulate mucus production. Again, that another one of those areas where some of the verdict is out there, but maybe for a few days, take a little breather on that. So then this is when you've already gotten sick. Now you're going to cut back on the yogurt and the milk and right. that sort of thing. Right. And that can just help with clearing that a little bit. Hot tea, having some some of that from both the antioxidant properties, particularly green tea, really high in antioxidants. So we want to get lots of green tea if you're not feeling so well. Do Hot drink beverage. A lot of green tea. Yeah. So having that even from a preventive standpoint. So having that right. cup of green tea every day is really great for antioxidants and building up some immunity there. As well as if you happen to be sick, you want to get some good sniffs, some sniffs, some inhales. Of, of your hot tea, um, 
broth is another thing, and broth especially can be very salty. So electrolytes that helps to promote us to have to drink more. Mm-hmm. When we have those saltier foods, the saltiness can also help to thin out some of the mucus, which is always good. Um, and then things like spicy foods that they will recommend. Maybe if I'm you're not just always well. sick. I'm eating all these things as it is. Spicy foods. And, I don't know, know. Maybe I'm always sick and then maybe I just don't notice. Or maybe you're just not sick because oh. you're eating all these foods. Oh. Yeah. So spicy foods have a property called uh, capsaicin, yep. which is what causes the, the spiciness or the heat. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the only thing. So the capsaicin, it will help to thin out mucus, but it can also help to produce it. Because think about when you have something really spicy, what starts happening, right? Your nose starts running. Right. Your eyes start watering. You might want to be mindful of that. sweating. But it can also help with any cough relief that you have. So if you you have a really bad cough, have some spicy food. There you go. Yeah. If you have a sore throat, anything that's a hot food, salty food, honey, or as I said, the lemon honey usually is, Mm -hmm. is pretty big. And then... You can't talk about sickness without the top food that we all tend to have when we're not feeling well. I'm drawing a blank here. The top food, chicken soup. Chicken soup. Okay. Yeah. I said that earlier. Chicken soup. So having chicken soup has actually, chicken soup has been studied in multiple clinical settings about number one, why, why do we have it when we're sick? And why does it make us feel better? So first of all, you think about all of the properties that make up chicken soup, chicken, Mm -hmm. protein. So it's going to help us to build up antibodies, help us to build up our white blood cell count. So we want to make sure that we are having that protein. You get vegetables. So you get onions. Mm-hmm. You have carrots and I'm celery, right? Also herbs. Mm-hmm. A lot of times there's herbs in there. So you get lots of antioxidant properties from those, vitamins, and then the broth. So you get some liquids. So you get some hydration from there. And then you get the saltiness to help to promote taking more water in. Gotcha. It all comes together. See, this episode was all about chicken soup from the very beginning. Now we're just bringing it together. Yes. And I did put a, uh, I'm going to put together a post on the blog all about different people's like homemade tonics and, and recipes. So you'll see some chicken soup recipes on there. You'll see some homemade tonics. Maybe I'll put my weird drink, although I I don't really have a recipe for it. It's just (laughs) like, just throw things into the blender and let it go. So we'll see. We'll see if that if that shows up. If you have bronchitis, you want to make sure that you are, you know, doing things to help loosen up with the coughing. So that's where that that lemon and honey come in. Also, if you happen to have maybe earlier stages of bronchitis, exercise actually is something that can help because it does help to break up mucus as well. Yeah, uh, I have found that when I I haven't had bronchitis, but I have found that when I've been sick and I had something in my chest, you know, um, that working out helps me get it out. And at the very least, I, I feel a bit better afterwards, even if I might not be performing uh, as well as I could if I weren't sick. Yeah. And then again, that's another situation where rest is going to play a factor into it. Anti-inflammatory is going to help as well with helping to loosen any constrictions on your um airway, air passages. And then our final big sickness that we tend to have in the winter is, is the flu. And that's mm-hmm. probably like the big one that we, we tend to want to avoid, especially yep. if it's a bad case of the flu. So just in case you're not aware what symptoms could be coming over, if you notice that you or your significant other starts to have a fever, starts coughing, has a sore throat, runny nose, they're super achy, they have headaches, they have the chills, or they're really fatigued, and then maybe a little vomiting and diarrhea, just to add to the fun, they probably have the flu. It's a long checklist. Yeah. But it's a very specific one. So if all, if A and B and C and D and E and F and G all are happening, you probably have the flu. Yeah. So if that's the case, we want to make sure that we are taking care of our loved one, but taking care of ourselves too. Wear the mask. Wear the masks. Um, I get made fun of because I, I have latex gloves that I mostly use for cooking, but sometimes they have to come out for like taking care of sickness. Who, who are you taking care of with these latex gloves? Uh, mostly myself <laughs> to prevent you from getting sick. <laughs> so Taco, are you, fr- are you a familiar with a term called man flu? Yes, I've heard this term, the man flu. Or manfluenza. Manfluenza, yes, I've heard of it. There was an article that came out, I'll, I'll put a link to this in the show notes, that the British Medical Journal actually published an investigation about man flu. And they, they researched 
why man flu is it really a thing versus like, you know, just some urban dictionary mm-hmm. right. definition. Um, so they do feel that man flu can actually be a real thing. Um, what they Meaning att- what? So what they, what they attest it to is that men may not be exaggerating their symptoms. They may have weaker immune responses to viral respiratory viruses leading to, you know, more whining than maybe in women. So what they say is that the estrogen that females produce actually help to not necessarily fight off flu, but we have a higher tolerance for it mm-hmm. versus um, men who, who aren't producing as much estrogen. Okay, so there's a scientific basis behind it. So it's not just women's perception of men being babies. It's not. However, I did ask on Facebook and I'll, all I did was I just I just said, finish the sentence, when my man gets sick, and Mm. just left it blank. Let's see, we have, he sleeps all day, like I've never seen anyone sleep before. Mm -hmm. He becomes more needy than my almost 11-month-year-old. She said, granted, he helps without me asking when I'm sick, but it's on a different level. Mm -hmm. One person said, I want to run away. (laughs) I've heard he acts like a baby multiple Mm -hmm. times. Um, Our sister-in-law, Kathy, she makes our brother-in-law chicken soup and cares for him until he's healthy again. Kathy, anytime you want to fly out to New Jersey and take care of Taco or I, you're invited. Most likely Mandy. I'd like the I'd like the break, frankly. <laughs> we'll do an exchange system. You can go out to California and Sweet. Kathy can come take care of me. That's right. All right. Let's do it. Let's see. I got it. He gets grumpy. Mm-hmm. Germs inevitably spread to every touchable surface in the house. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait. There's a response from Taco. We'll come back mm-hmm. around to that one. Yeah. I have a, he calls me Nurse Ratchet, which is funny because my dad used to call me Nurse Ratchet as a kid because um, I don't have very good bedside manner. No, you don't. <laughs> and that is why I'm not a nurse. You're right. I'm also not a clinical dietitian. Yes. But I take good care of my one-on-one clients. Needy people in hospital beds, I'm not very good no, with. Or good sick with people. That's not your bad. Or sick people. Okay. Uh, then I have a response from a taco mm-hmm. to my question. And he says, you know... In fairness, you should ask about the ladies, too. Some of us guys take care of their needy baby wives when they get sick. We go to the store, buy ridiculous amounts of Gatorade, saltines, whatever makes makes you feel better. We'll even kiss your forehead because our immune system laughs at your germs. But I'm sleeping in the other room. I ain't crazy. Yeah, that's basically right. We still have like probably three sleeves of saltine crackers from when you were when you got something back uh, Less than two months ago, I'm sure if I went down into the pantry right now, I'd find like an eight, uh, maybe a seven pack of Gatorade, like all hey, of that stuff. You got to have that stuff on hand. You never know. And I made you bouillon just the way you like it. Just the way I like it. Put cube in water. Hey, there's a lot of people who have trouble with that. And I brought out the uh, the tray, the serving trays. You didn't ask for that. I had serving trays around so that you could put, you know, balance these things in bed. You, you had like a whole, like there was at the same time by your bed was Gatorade, ginger ale, water, your bouillon. Like at some point you just needed someplace else to put it. So I gave you the serving trays too. Yeah. If you don't have like a little foldable serving tray, like, you know, to have breakfast in bed type of a thing, those are really handy when someone's not feeling well. And feeling sick. Also, like a little folding table that we don't have one, but but like growing up, my mom always had like this folding table that always appear at the side of my bed. Mm -hmm. And that's where like the spread would go. But you never know. Sometimes you're made for like the salty saltines or you just want to drink something. Sometimes I want a cold beverage. So let's all I'm saying is let's play it both ways. There's 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 some women who uh... all I'm saying when I Googled manfluenza and manflu like all this stuff came up. No, nowhere on there was there like, oh, lady flu. Yeah. Well, that's, because, that's a thing. Yeah, because men don't care. That's why L- women we, take care. We, we care because care of the family. yeah, because we take care of right. other things. And much like we don't want to miss a day of work because you know things are going to explode if we're not there. Like think about the family. Right. Oh my goodness! Right? How are like, they ever going to survive with? How are they going to survive? Right. And sometimes and- it's a good reminder of how important you are. Right. Of course. Well, so here's it's this mentality, right? I do all of these things and I power through and all. And this muck over here gets one little cold and he's done for like two or three days or whatever. Well, how could this possibly be fair? Right. And then and men are like, yes, yeah, when she gets to cuddle, we're okay. 
Right. And then like you're not you, not you particularly, no. but like other, you know, man's like sitting on the couch and then you're like, take, you know, waiting on him. But then if the roles are reversed and again, maybe not everyone's as lucky to have a taco nurse. Right. Where it's like water. <laughs> I just want some water. Right. So that's where it comes from is like no man is ever going to not no man. I'm, I'm sounding like really sexist right now. You but like, are. For the most part. Men Ain't are, no man. Yeah. Men aren't going to complain about women when they're sick. It's just not what, what for. And we also we're not going to complain that much with the exception of developing a horrendous stomach virus and you're in a bad place. It's the perceived imbalance in um, the reaction and the the perception of the imbalance is on one side of the of the argument. So if you are a man or a woman who has experienced in their own household, whether you're someone who gets knocked down and out, the man in the household gets knocked down and out, we would love to hear what some more of the experiences have been. Are you a caretaker or are you a runaway from having to take care and be like, you know what? You're on your own. Fend for yourself. Don't touch anything. And if you do, lice all it down afterwards. Yeah. Write that down. Yeah. So we'd love to hear from you guys. You can choose an email podcast at nutritionnuptials.com. You can head over to the VIP Facebook group, uh, Nutrition Nuptials VIP After Party, and tell us all about what is sickness life like at your house. And let's hear both sides of the equation. Yes. So we're not, I, I'm not here today to pick on men or man. I'm just, it's a thing. And I will say when I was telling people about this podcast, probably even before the show even launched, I had a couple of people like, oh, can you talk about why men are such babies when they're sick? Yeah, right. See? And what that's like in in a relationship dynamic. So I'm like, absolutely. Yeah. You're going to talk about how you don't have any, any data points behind that. <laughs> no, but I mean, again, I mean, not but, personal data but, points. No, but like, when Taco goes down, he goes down hard. Yeah, that's true. But I said, like, leave me alone. Let me uh, let me have my day of sleep or something like that. And I'll come out on the other side. Right. And I'm just like, get me some Gatorade. <laughs> I don't feel good. Yeah. And okay. then and then the other time I'll wait at the mercy and be like, I can't cook dinner tonight. I can fend for myself. But I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just I think we've established your needs are very well met. When you're not feeling well. Yes, they are. So hopefully you're lucky enough to be in a scenario where you have a significant other who cares for you. And if not, this is a good talking point as well to have of like, you know, what happens if if you get sick? Is someone going to drive you to the urgent care if you can't get a hold of the teledoc or someone going to go pick up your meds at the that the teledoc called in for you? Which, by the way, it's a good habit if the teledoc is going to put an order in for you to put your significant other's name on the order as or be like, hey. I might have taco pick up meds for me. Yeah. That gets interesting at the pharmacy counter. <laughs> like, wait, taco. <laughs> All right. Picking what else we got? Up. Well, I think we have, we've talked about our caring for each other. We've talked about our, our regimens, how we like to take care of ourselves and others. And uh, we talked about foods. Yep. We talked about manfluenza. Mm-hmm. I think I've hit all my talking points for today, babe. All right. I think this is uh, the end of the show then. All right. Well, thanks again so much for tuning into the Nutrition Nuptials podcast. If you have a couples related topic that you'd like to hear us talk about, like man flu, or if you and your significant other have a story to share all about how you're living your best life ever together, we want to hear about it. Shoot us an email at podcast at nutritionnuptials.com. You can also head over to our Facebook group, the Nutrition Nuptials VIP After Party that you can um, check out and provide comments, keep the conversation going after the show. It is free for everyone to join. So head on over. We'd love to hear from you all. If you'd like to connect on social media, head over to Instagram where we're at at nutrition underscore nuptials. And you can learn a little bit more about some food, fitness, and other couple-related advice and tips that we have shared. If you'd like to connect with Mandy the Dietitian, you can head over to Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, and YouTube. I am at Mandy Enright RD over on those channels. And then finally, if you are enjoying the show and you'd like to become a super special supporter of the Nutrition Nuptials podcast, you can head over to Patreon to become a Nutrition Nuptials VIP. 
That's at patreon.com slash nutrition nuptials. We have opportunities to support us at the dollar, $5 and $10 level. And there's different benefits at all the levels and they're all good benefits. So you should go and check it out. And if you want to just be a really good show supporter, head over to iTunes, give us a rating, drop us a review. We'd love to hear what you guys are thinking about the show, get some feedback. And again, what stories do you have for us? We'd love to hear all the stories that couples have going on out there. Yep. Five stars, people. Let's do it. (laughs) All right. And if you just want to follow the Adventures of Taco and Mandy, you can head on over and follow us on Instagram, hashtag Adventures of Taco and Mandy, and see some funny stuff that we, we have going on there this past weekend that people can catch up on we do we got always got good adventures going on so you can go check it out agree all right well taco i think our work is done here i hope that there's less flu and sickness for the rest of this winter season mm-hmm. while everyone's taking care of themselves bit. i i think you're going to see a lot more people taking out their wet ones on airplanes <laughs> going forward yeah for sure and if and if not then like well you only have yourself to blame sometimes if you get sick yeah. So I think uh, I think you've gotten some really great advice how to keep your home and your workplace and your travel mm-hmm. all in tip top preventative shape. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you again so much for tuning into the Nutrition Nuptials podcast and for saying I do to your happily, healthfully ever after. Adios, amigos. Mm-hmm.